Hello and thank you, Kyla. Here I am, author, motivational speaker, trainer, coach, video blogger, and podcaster, Jeff Drozdowski here, and welcome into the Drozcast podcast, speaking of motivation and leadership. Welcome to episode eight. I love Las Vegas. And I love it for a little bit different reasons than you think, but I still do love going there, even though I've been there many, many times. But before we do that, let's talk about the last six episodes, the six steps into finding the mountain climber in you. So what a climb we had those last six episodes, going step by step through climbing that mountain to your goals and dreams. We started with a plan and ended with a party and touched on everything in between. We will review those six steps for a moment and then walk the draws cast down a slightly different path, but remain on the main message of motivation and leadership. In the six steps of finding the mountain climber in you, we created a plan, discussed the pitfalls and victories in climbing that mountain to your goals and dreams. In step one, we discussed the importance of having a plan rather than just going by the seat of your pants. Step two was overcoming those obstacles that happen, getting to your goal. Step three was finding the trail markers that others had left to help you up your path and encouraged you to do the same to help pull others up to reach their goals. Step four helped you grind through that point where it was too far to go back, but you just weren't near your goal yet. Step five was that last 10%, that last difficult 10% and how doubt can creep in. And then we finally reached the summit, folks. We partied. Please use those six steps when trying to reach your goal. They will serve you well. And we will revert back to them from time to time on the Drawscast just to make sure that you remember them and utilize them where necessary during your journey. So now I know many of you have been waiting with anticipation to find out why I love Las Vegas. How can a happily married man of over 26 years and a father of four love to go to Sin City? After having been to Las Vegas over 30 times in my professional career, I can now see past the glitz and glamour that is the Las Vegas Strip. The all-night parties that are romanticized in movies, the drinking in public, the gambling and the other trappings of that city, I just see past it now. Don't even think about it. I have gotten to the point now when I am in Las Vegas and I have to go through a casino. I walk through the gaming area and the impulse to wager does not even cross my mind. Not even on those penny slots. Don't even think about it. I'm just going from point A to point B and if I have to walk through a casino to get there, I will. Now I know that may sound boring to many of you, but it's really not. It's actually a very liberating experience where you don't feel like that when you're in Las Vegas that you have to gamble or do stupid things for the sake of partying. Believe it or not, Las Vegas is actually a city away from the Strip and a really cool city. It has other industries, schools, neighborhoods, parks, a university, and some amazing authentic restaurants where the food is to die for, and that is off the strip, folks, at a significantly less amount of money. I have a friend who lives in Las Vegas, and I visited her a while back. We met at the Starbucks near her home, which was about 20 minutes from the strip. I would have never known that I was near that famous strip of Las Vegas. 
because in that area, it was like any other suburban city. There were malls, restaurants, gas stations, you name it. There was something in that city or town. <clears throat> Start up with, you name something in your city or town. You name something in your city or town, and it was there. Very cool. It was very cool. So enough about suburban Las Vegas. So the question is still out there. Why Las Vegas, Jeff? And does it work into your motivational message? The answer is yes to both. But first questions first. Why Las Vegas? One thing that Las Vegas has become over the years, regardless of its foundation, it has become an international city. Yes, an international city. Listen to the people who are on elevators, by the swimming pools and restaurants, walking down the streets. You hear amazing accents, dialects, languages from all over the world and their traditions as well. All on the streets and in the meeting places and in the bars and in the pubs around Las Vegas. They are there constantly. Las Vegas is the sixth most visited U.S. city by people living outside of the U.S. in 2017. It beats out cities like Boston, Washington, D.C., Chicago, and Honolulu. For domestic travelers, Las Vegas is the seventh most visited city. Vacationers favor Vegas to cities like San Antonio, San Diego, and Dallas. To give you a personal idea of how international of a city Las Vegas is from my perspective, let me tell you a story about a family I met while I was at one of my favorite places, Starbucks. I was there a few years back. I'm going to stop there for a quick drink. I was at that Starbucks a few years back, and I was in line, and I overheard the family in front of me having a conversation, but their English accent was a little bit different than I had normally heard. I had heard accents uh, of the English variety from England, from Ireland, from Scotland, uh, from Australia many times, but I had never heard this particular accent. So being the curious person and the fearless person that I am to meet people, I sparked a conversation with these folks. And during that time in line, we talked about how long it took them to get from their country they were from South Africa to Las Vegas and what their journeys, uh, what road the, their journeys had taken them down uh, during their vacation. It come to find out that they had a very aggressive vacation where they started out in Canada and they went to Vancouver and then they went down to Seattle through Portland down to Las Vegas and then out to Hawaii before they went home to South Africa. Wouldn't that be a vacation that you'd want to take? I know that would be a vacation that I'd want to take. But they were so excited. And because they were so excited, they got me excited. And that's part of what passion does. And we're going to be talking about passion here in just a little bit too. But when people get excited about what they're doing and their experiences that they're having, it gets them fired up. And when they get fired up, they affect the people that are around them by getting excited. And that's exactly what happened with me. I heard their journey and I heard their stories and I got excited. I was like, wow, I got to do this. You know, this is really cool. So 
having an opportunity to have that great conversation with that family who lives halfway around the world, again, was really exciting for me. So even for that brief moment, I was able to get a perspective of them and how they live and what life is like for them in South Africa. Another amazing and international city is New York. Again, this city is somewhere I wouldn't choose to live. Uh, millions of people kind of compacted on, on the small area of dozens of square miles is a little bit too much for me, but I love going there. The coolest part of New York City is that it is a microcosm of the world, not just a microcosm of our country, but a microcosm of the world within just a few square miles. Want to get a quick picture of the world? Ride the subway system in New York. It's all there, folks. The world is there if you want to see it. Miami is a great international city as well. You can go down into the Cuban district, which is called Little Havana, and have an authentic Cuban meal at the most famous Cuban restaurant in the country called Versailles. And then go down the street to a Cuban coffee shop and have Cafe Cubano, which is Cuban coffee. And if you like caffeine, that's the coffee for you. If you get a chance, experience it. So now to answer the burning question, how does this work into motivation? Let me first ask you a question. What is your passion? What is it that gets you up in the morning and gets you excited? In some corners, they call that juice. What's your juice? That thing that gets inside of your heart your soul and your mind that energizes you where when you're doing it, you feel like you have no limits that you can do anything that you can be the best person that you can be. And that folks is passion. Maybe you've heard this term before. Don't ration your passion. If you haven't, I love it. Don't ration. Don't cut off your passion. Don't let your mind take that emotion, that excitement away from you. Utilize the passion that's in your heart, you will not only get yourself excited and make you the best person that you can be, but it will also excite others around you. And I got a quick story about that as we move on. But whatever your passion is, you have to grab it and use every, every moment that you have to channel that energy, to make that passion, that thing that you feel so deeply about to be the best that it can be. As an example, believe it or not, Thanks to technology, I am recording this podcast in Portland, Oregon, where I have just spent an amazing three days meeting people from all over the state who work in the restaurant industry. That and the amazing weather and the sights got my passion quoting up so high. I'm going to do that one over again so I say quotient correctly. That and the amazing weather and the sights got my passion quotient up so high I couldn't leave here without laying down this message to you all. Take action on your passion. Do it. Take that passion and put it into your everyday life. The key term there is to channel that energy. So what do you do with that passion? Whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you do in your work life or your personal life, take that passion and drive it toward those things. If that means loving your kids more and loving your spouse more, loving your friends more, then do it. If that means channeling that passion to be the best employee that you can be, do it. Channeling that passion will make your life better and make those around you their life better. 
So as many of you know, baseball was my first passion, and I lived it for the first 23, 24 years of my life. Still a baseball fan, but uh, other priorities and other passions have taken over my life. But my first passion was baseball, and I loved it with every fiber of my being. During the summer times, I would gather my friends up, even though many of them didn't like to play baseball, and we would play baseball from 10 o'clock in the morning until it got dark. And in the summers in Michigan, it gets dark late, 8, 9 o'clock. So we would play baseball all day long. And when I wasn't playing, I would listen to baseball games either at home I had a wonderful neighbor who took me under his wing. He was elderly compared to me, and I would go next door to his house, and he had a picnic table in his backyard. Mr. Johnson was his name, and we used to listen to the ball games then. Uh, Back then, the baseball games weren't on like they are now. They only were on about 40 to 50 times a year, so... When the games were on TV, it was a big deal, but most nights we would listen to the game on the radio, and I would get so excited, and then people would feel my passion. So I will finish with that story, and I will start uh, from where I ended that story about Mr. Johnson. So when I wasn't playing and I wasn't listening to the baseball games with Mr. Johnson, I would be soaking up baseball as much as I could in other ways. Reading about it, again, watching it on TV and listening to it on the radio or practicing or actually playing in leagues. I made myself a better baseball player and a better fan because I immersed myself in that sport. And because I had the passion for it and I got so excited about it, it affected the people around me. My passion was so strong that I would influence people to get excited about baseball. There were a lot of people around my neighborhood who weren't baseball fans, but you know what? Maybe they became a fan of me or maybe they became a a fan of my passion for baseball, but I drew people in to being baseball fans, even though they weren't necessarily fans of the sport at all. Kyla, this is where you say the Drozcast quote of the day. All right, it's that time again, one of my favorite segments. More segments to come, too, as we continue to grow the Drozcast. But as you can tell, I am feeling passionate about what I'm talking about today. So not only do you get one quote today, but you get three quotes. And they are inspiring quotes. The first one comes from a gentleman by the name of Nelson Mandela. And... He was in my book as well. His life is amazing, and the perspective that he has in life uh, is amazing, especially since he spent so much of his life in jail. Here is his quote. There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. I'm going to do that one again. There is no passion in life to be found playing small and settling for life that is less than the one that you are capable of living. Again, Nelson Mandela. Another one. This is my favorite of the three quotes here, and this is from a lady by the name of Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Passion is energy. Feel the power that comes from focusing on what excites you. Don't need to review that one. That's powerful in and of itself. 
And then T.S. Eliot says about passion, It is obvious that we can no more explain a passion to a person who has never experienced it than we can explain light to the blind. So folks, this is going to do it for a very passionate episode of the Drawscast. Your homework or call to action is to go back to that pad of paper that we utilized during the six steps of finding the mountain climber and you. So write down on a piece of paper the answer to this question. Are you using passion to better your life? And if so, what is that passion? What are you passionate about? Are you not sure what your passion is? Are you not sure how to tap into that passion? The next time we get inside the draws cast, we will start with your homework assignment and hopefully I will help you in a small way answer those questions. And then we're going to get into some more passion and how passion can make you a better leader, a better leader of your department, a better leader of your company, or even a better leader of your family. Thank you for listening. This is you succeeding. Keep it up. Kyla, do the honors, please, and close us out.